0: Chuckin' It from the Cheap Seats is the newest podcast covering high school basketball. Head coach Josh Thompson interviews some of the most impactful people who make Hoosier Hysteria great. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Subscribe to Checking It from the Cheap Seats wherever you listen to your podcasts. For over 32 years, D1 Basketball has offered elite basketball camps and top tier player development programs. Team camps, individual skills camps, and shooting camps can improve performance for you. Few Indiana basketball camps impact performance like D1 Basketball. Since 1989, annual enrollment in D1 Basketball has grown from 80 to 3,500 players, making it one of the largest individual basketball organizations in the Midwest. The mission of D1 Basketball is to help coaches and players maximize their performance. D1 Basketball Facts D1 Basketball camps are exclusively endorsed by the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association. D1 team camps have hosted more high school section championship teams, final four teams and in Indian All-Stars, and any other camp shootout or summer tournament. D1 team camps provide the best chance for a school coach to work with all their teams in his top-tier competition from South
1: Our next guest on chucking It from the Cheap Seats. He's a state championship winning basketball coach at one of the state's most historic programs. Last season, he joined a prestigious list of only 17 coaches in Indiana State basketball history with more than 600 wins. He was also front and center for one of Indiana's most high-profile recruiting battles ever by coaching All-American, Romeo Lankford. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our honor
0: today to be joined on the podcast by future Hall of Famer and one of the best coaches to ever do it in the state of Indiana, the leader of the New Albany Bulldogs.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it's coach Jim Shannon. Okay, well this um afternoon we are blessed to have coach Jimmy Shannon, head coach at New Albany High School here on the Checking it from the Cheap Seats podcast, uh produced by the Barry Media Class. Coach Shannon, thanks for taking time and joining us today.
0: Coach Thompson, I appreciate you having me on. This is uh, quite an honor and I'm happy to Speak with you and the kids
1: well coach we are glad to have you on we've had some really good guests on um but i told the kids at the beginning of this year when we were developing a list of guys we needed to talk to i said we've got to get jimmy shannon on and we've got to talk new new albany hoops so thanks for being on with us
0: well thanks again i you're, you're most welcome and i'm appreciative of the opportunity
1: so coach um You know, you you Google Jimmy Shannon, you you go to the John Harrell website, you pull up New Albany basketball, you click on Jimmy Shannon, and and you see that you've got a career there that has spanned 25 years. Uh, You were at Lebanon, uh, then at New Albany. You've won 13 sectionals. You've won three regionals, a semi-state, a state championship. Everybody in the state who knows basketball knows who Jimmy Shannon is, but for our listeners that are not, you know, in tune with your complete background, tell us how you got from where you started to where you're at now.
0: Well, I, uh, I grew up in Anderson, Indiana, which uh, mm-hmm. is a hotbed in and of itself mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to basketball. Um, you know, they had a great season last year. And I know they're trying to get things going in the right direction. But mm-hmm. boy, I can tell you when I grew up in the 70s and 80s, it was unbelievable mm-hmm. uh, how good the, the product was that Anderson turned out, and really all the North Central Conference schools back then—they were really the dominant conference. So I—I I, I grew up there, so I love basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, my junior and senior year, going to Ball State, I decided to to go back to Anderson and just be a volunteer assistant. Uh, okay. So I did that. I went to JV practice for a couple hours, then I went to varsity practice for a couple hours, and mm-hmm. I got to sit on the bench and. Then after that, for two years, I was like the head freshman coach, and mm-hmm. I was basically a substitute teacher at the school and took over for people who, who might take a leave of absence. So I did that for a couple years. And, you know, I was very, very fortunate to be around some great players and great coaches and we had a lot of success and had a couple runner-ups while I was there in the state tournament and just a lot of fun. But mm-hmm. anyway, from there, I go to, to North Decatur High School. hmm where i spend uh, i spent three years i was only 24 when i took the job uh, obviously thought i knew a great deal about a basketball coming from anderson high school where we had won oh man a lot of our games let's put it this way i was head freshman coach and i think we were like undefeated one season and 15 and one the other season so mm-hmm. i thought i had a pretty good handle on it yeah but I, I go to north decatur and we're three and 18 our first year Mm-hmm maybe seven, seven and 14 our second and then we finally did have a winning season so i started out a small school mm-hmm. from there i went to went to south Dearborn for six years from there mm-hmm. lebanon for five and then i ended up here at new albany for well going on 25 years so
2: mm-hmm.
0: having a lot of great stops met a lot of great people been blessed beyond uh, my wildest imagination had some great players great assistant coaches and you know, it takes a lot of people for, for one guy to have success. I can tell you that, and uh, I virtually believe anybody else sitting here for the last twenty-five years would have won a bunch of games too. I, I think it's more about the kids and the talent than I do the coaching.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I would I would agree with you wholeheartedly, Coach. I you know I tell people all the time I know I'm a better coach than when I you know when I left Lagodia as Steve Brett's assistant. Uh, I felt like I had the world by the tail. I knew exactly what I needed to do. And then I got humbled pretty quick at Springs Valley. And I tell people I know that I'm a better coach today than I was then. But just because I'm a better coach doesn't mean that that translates into a ton of wins. Yeah, it helps out on the sideline and you can steal some possessions and you can help prepare kids, but you're exactly right. It's it's about those kids out there on the floor. And obviously, though, they've got to have – you know, a lot of organization and you've done a great job uh, over the years because you don't get over 400 wins with without knowing what you're doing.
0: Well, I appreciate that. Uh, probably the thing that I'm most proud of really is just the uh, the longevity that I've had.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, when you're able to stay in this thing as long as I have, and, and others have done the same thing, but it's what I feel like is – my proudest moment is not the wins,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: not not championships and things like that, but what I've been proud of the most is, like I said, just hanging in there for 40 years, yeah. uh, you know, being able to handle the pressure and being able to handle the, you know, all the stuff that comes with it. It's not all glory. <laughs> it's Absolutely. Not, it's. I mean, the positives outweigh the negatives, but, but uh, the job can wear you out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm, I'm very proud that I've been able to sustain – whatever has come my way, overcome it, overcome the adversity, and continue to do what I love.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Coach Aaron, in a second, I want to go back to North North Decatur, but I'm going to forget about this uh, if I don't ask you this question now. You talked about that word pressure, and I I think all head coaches and even assistant coaches, you, you talked about being a freshman coach at Anderson. I think all coaches feel a little bit of pressure, and I've heard two really good quotes about pressure. One's from Peyton Manning, and he said, "Pressure is what you feel when you don't know what the hell you're doing." And and the other one was one I just read in a book about uh, proverbs here recently, and it said that pressure comes from our sinful nature, where we take on too many things. And so, how how do you handle pressure? what What's your what's your antidote for handling that?
0: Well, since I came to faith. 2013, that certainly has helped me out a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I used to just try to do everything on my own, and, uh, it was a lot more difficult. Uh, mm-hmm. That being said, even even when you feel like that, uh, you, know, you have the backing of the Lord, you're still susceptible to pressure. You're still susceptible to pain. You're still susceptible to sinning.
2: Mm-hmm. You're still
0: susceptible to a lot of things, but mm-hmm. just because you have faith, doesn't mean that you're not going to have a hard times so mm-hmm. I've continued to have some of those yeah but it has been much easier to kind of just say hey you know what uh, I'm, I'm trying to make the right decision here I'm trying to do the right thing all the time I think about things a lot I, I prepare a lot I try to put brush fires out before they get to you know before they turn into some kind of uh, big huge fire
2: yeah and
0: I think when you do that, uh, you, you you sort of keep things uh, in perspective, and that's that's really helped me. Uh, one of the other things I think about pressure that I heard, and you were outstanding, but a third one that I did hear, is that pressure is a privilege. And I never really thought about it like that. I heard some pro football players say it mm-hmm. just over the weekend or, or so, that, hey, pressure is a privilege. It was like, hey, you know what? When you put it in perspective, if you're going through life without pressure, you're probably not doing a whole lot. I mean, you just say, wow. Well, have no pressure in my life well then you're probably <laughs> sitting out back uh swimming and, and reading books i i, I don't because I, I think you have pressure no matter what absolutely uh, in all forms of life whether it's professional personal uh you know there's just always going to be but i do think that, that by and large uh, we put a lot more pressure on ourselves than other people do I, I really firmly believe that we bring a lot of our own problems on
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, couple scrapes i've been in over the years i can remember talking to people and and somebody said uh, i bet you think everybody's talking about you i thought yeah you're right and he goes guess what they're really not they got their own stuff their own problems yeah you hear a couple people say something negative about you trust me there's not a whole lot of other people even paying any attention to it of course now with social media the way it is you can you can really get hung up on that stuff. So, oh, yeah. again, I just try to go back to my faith. I try to keep things in perspective. And I also try to say to myself, you're pretty lucky to have this job. Mm-hmm. If it's getting to be too much for you, why don't you get out of the way and let somebody else do it? There are mm-hmm. people would like to do it yep. if you think it's just getting too, too hot. So yep. <laughs> I, I enjoy it. I really do, 95% of the time.
1: Yep. Lots of Lots of good nuggets there, Coach. Lots of good nuggets. You know, you mentioned being the head coach at North Decatur. When when you were the head coach at North Decatur, where did you live?
0: Uh, at the lake, Lake Santee.
1: Okay. So did you ever go to a town called New Point?
0: Yes. If if New Point is kinda it's out there on the way to Batesville a little bit or my way off.
1: Yep. No. It's way it's up. it's right off of the interstate. Um, on the way to Batesville, the other day, Coach Garrett had a coaching clinic, and, and I was okay. privileged to be a part of that and, and went there. And that's where my grandfather was born, and that's where he graduated from high school. And when he would always talk about it, he would always talk about how it was really close to Batesville. So I just assumed that it was absorbed into Batesville. But I learned from Coach Garrett the other day that it's actually a part of part of North Decatur now. So, you know, i tell you what, that was really cool. Stopping on my way through New Point the other day, uh, when the clinic was over, and uh, taking some pictures and stuff like that and sending them back to, back to my mom, um, one of the, one of the coolest things that I have ever received was a gift from my mom, and it was a picture of my grandfather uh, in his high school letter sweater, um, and, and holding a basketball in his hand. and It was one of his senior pictures, and it was, that was so cool and something I've I've always cherished, but. Yeah, New Point, part of, part of North Decatur.
0: Darn. I, I remember it vaguely, but, you know, it's been 37 years ago since I was there. But uh, I do uh, do you remember maybe Enixburg. Is there some chicken out in Enixburg or something? I've, well, heard, that place?
1: I, I, I've heard of that, but uh, I've never been yeah. there.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty close. And I also think, is there a truck stop right off the interstate that kind of is where New Point is or McGinn?
1: There or, is. There is. It's, okay. okay. It, it's over on the east side and then New Point sits to the west side of the interstate as you're heading to Cincinnati. But if you're not going to Batesville High School and you're not going to New Point, you really don't have a a big reason to go there.
0: Uh, I've discovered many places on my way to other places. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, Coach, you know, you you talked about uh, coaching there at Anderson and, um, you know, being around really good people. Who were some of your mentors Uh, coming through the coaching ranks that you really looked up to, or maybe people you got to know at clinics, uh, but just guys that really helped you along the way.
0: Well, I I started out, I played for a guy uh, named Norm Held, who has since passed away. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I played for them and for him, uh, and then when I came back, he was the one that allowed me to uh, come back on staff, so to speak. And like Mm -hmm. I said, I was kind of a volunteer, and I was freshman coach. And uh, Jerome Foley, Coach Foley is uh, still living and, and living in Anderson. And uh, He had spent some time not only as an assistant coach in Anderson, but he had been a head coach around the area also, uh, Anderson Highland being the school that he was at for some years. So he was a, definitely a mentor of mine. And then, you know, at age 24, I, I, I got out on my own. So mm-hmm. I don't know that I would recommend that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the time, I thought that was the way to go. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure working working for some other people for seven or eight years is not the best way to do it. Um, I think that, uh, you know, when you when you have your own program, you get so tied down with just running your program that it doesn't really give you a chance to go out and study as much other people. You're mm-hmm. just doing what you've learned and. Of course, I went to clinics and read books and
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: got DVDs, uh, eight track tape. I got it all. Yeah. But, uh, and that's where you learn uh, and you visit schools and learn. And then you just, you're, I tell you. I the, pay the things that I learned the most was watching film and getting our fannies kicked and going in <laughs> there and seeing what the other teams are doing. That's yeah. where you learn. You go yeah. in there and say, like, well, how in the world are we going to? Stop this flex offense because at Anderson we just double teamed everybody and pressed, and they mm-hmm. never got a chance to run the flex. Well, yeah. at North Decatur they got a chance to run the flex, and have those kind of athletes. Mm-hmm. So it was a rude mm-hmm. awakening for me, just in terms of what I what I thought I knew and what I actually knew. We're, 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 we're as far away from each other as the east is the west. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved it there. I still have friends there. I'm honest to goodness. I still have guys that come to my games now. And still call me coach, you know, I'm sure sometimes they call me other things, but <laughs> I still have, I still have these guys that come up and they're like, coach, I'm going to come to your, your new Albany game. Like, oh, that's, it'll be great to have you, Doug, or, mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, whoever it happens to be. Uh, and <laughs> it's just so funny because when I look at him, I'm like, "Man, dude, you're old. Yeah. Because think about it. I'm 24. They're 17 or 18. Well, six, six years is a lot when you're young, but yeah. it's nothing when you get, get in your 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. It's just nothing. So I got these guys coming up to me. It's just funny. I love it that they still come to my games. Uh, we were fortunate enough to win it all in 2016, and I had several guys come to our banquet. Even Coach Held came to that. And I can't tell you, Coach Held had been runner up four times in the state tournament and all when it was one class. So yeah. It was even more difficult then, I think, mm-hmm. uh, when everybody was under the same umbrella. I, I say that, and I will say that your, your sectionals and regionals for those bigger schools weren't quite as tough because, you know, you weren't playing. Some of the people that you'd play by semi-state time are the people you're playing now in your sectional and regional. So oh, absolutely. It's more difficult. Yeah, it's more difficult class-wise now in terms of getting there but, but just in terms of having every school out there and, and him going four times, and maybe even five. I know four for sure. And I was just always very, very sad that, that he wasn't able to at least get one championship. So, you know, when we finally got one here, uh, and I really never thought that we would, you know, I always dreamed that we would, no coach thinks, I asked Coach Eddie that once. I said, "Coach Eddie, did you ever think he would win two state championships?" He <laughs> said, "Man, I never thought I'd win one." And, yeah. You know, we're all kind of like that. We until you do it, you're like, "Oh, it's so hard. It's mm. hard to win a sectional." Oh. Uh, but but man, to win a state championship, you got to you know you got to be good, no mm. question. Your kids got to be talented, no question. But you got to stay injury free. Mm-hmm. And you and you've got to get by a game or two that you almost really shouldn't have won, double yeah. overtime or something like that. So you you win a state championship and you look back and you're like, man, we almost got beaten regional. You know. So anyway, uh, so coach uh, Coach Held was definitely a mentor of mine, and, and Coach Foley, like I said, and then um, really uh, when I went to North Decatur, Joe Stanley and Don Criswell were mentors for me. Uh, Don was the principal. And Joe was the athletic director. And and again, you got this brash young guy who comes from Anderson who's had all this talent around him and just think that's, you know, that's the way of the world. And they Mm -hmm. just tried and tried, tried to help me understand this (laughs) wasn't going to be what I thought it was going to be. Absolutely.
1: uh, I can, I can
0: We won won three games, you know, Mm -hmm. we won three games. That was two more than they'd won the year before. Yeah. So you were making progress. (laughs) The teams we beat were 3M. That's something? I always remember that. I think it was, uh, Milan, uh, Morton Memorial and Morristown. Those are the only three games we won that year. And, uh, but I learned so many life lessons there and it's where I met my wife. So, Uh so good things, good things came out of
1: it. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you talk about having good administrators around you and I can, I can remember that first job that I had, I, I had similar, similar mindset. And like I said, thought I had the world by the tail and, I had Butch Emmons who had been an assistant down there for Jim Jones at Springs Valley. He'd been an assistant under Gary Holland. He was there back when the birds played and then he had also seen the program hit some really hard times and, and, you know, and it was great being able to talk to him on Monday mornings, just about how the weekend went and, and different things that we were trying to do within the program to get better. Coach, you you talked about some of your coaching mentors and there's a guy I want to Talk to you about that you and I both know, considered to be a really good friend, Coach Hoover. What, what's, what's Coach Hoover mean uh, to you and, and everything he's done with his camps over the years and, and different things? I'm sure that at times he's reached out to you to help you out with.
0: Well, uh, first of all, he's just a coach's coach. I mean, mm-hmm. coach, Hoover, coach Hoover is one of those guys. I'm not necessarily like this, but coaching is Coach Hoover's life. Like he's, yeah. he's just one of those guys that he I mean, he'll do some other things. Don't get me wrong. He's got his hands in some business things, some farming and, you know, he's raised cattle. He's, he's done other things, so mm-hmm. know, but you're not going to find him playing a whole lot of golf.
2: Yeah. And
0: he, you're not, you're just not going to find him having a lot of hobbies where it doesn't involve basketball. He always just told us that he's the most comfortable around coaches
2: That mm-hmm. he just
0: really doesn't like to be around too many other people, but he loves to be around coaches and, uh, so you know, I think that uh, him being a coach's coach, he just—my gosh—he's got he's got a plethora of information in in his mind, uh, just stuff that he can share. And stories, his stories are unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Most of them are very humorous, but there's some there's some lessons to be learned from them. And so we have just always enjoyed going to the D1 camp. We don't really go much anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, The cost for us gets in the way a little bit. Many of our kids can't afford to go. Mm -hmm. And it's still, you know, it's a pretty, pretty long ways to go. But I tell you, for years, for years, I bet, I bet I went there for over 30 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember, I remember going there back when it was uh, maybe at St. Joe's. Yeah. So uh, that's how how far back I go. But I got a lot of fond memories of him. And I was so excited to see him, you know, get back in the profession and then to have all the, you know, the success he had when he was with the Logan Sport girls and able to go to China. I mean, who goes to China? Exactly. <laughs> no, Hoover goes I to know. China. <laughs> exactly. I don't, I don't know how he did that. But anyway, he did that. Uh, you know, he's able to, he, he's always turning out really good players wherever he goes. He always gets the program turned around. And then what he did with that Blackford was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And even though he, he left, uh, you know, that last year that they had, he didn't finish it out because we played them, yeah. Uh, Luke's last yeah. year, and they came here, and that was really set up for Hoove and I to go at it. And, and uh, again, he wasn't coaching them by then, but it was it was phenomenal mm-hmm. uh, what he had done there. And I'm just happy to. I, I think he's coaching again, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, he is. He he's he's got a new job, and and uh, he, he again has convinced somebody that he can still get after it. And I'm excited to see what they do this year. Um, no, he's I'm, a wonderful I'm, person. Yeah. I'm not sure that there's another Luke Brown out there though. <laughs> that, that that kid could play. That kid could absolutely play.
0: He was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came in here and shot around and I tried to tell our guys, that they came up at the volleyball line, maybe even a step beyond.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, boy, he was, he was, he was a phenomenal basketball player and a lot of fun to watch. I, I got a big kick out of, Scouting them and preparing for him. And <clears throat> although I didn't think we did a great job, the game went down to the wire. They got us on a last second shot, but just, mm-hmm. uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun just how he handled himself. It was a lot how Romeo Lankford handled himself uh, when he got all that attention. Mm-hmm. They both got a lot of attention while just being, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old young men.
1: Yep. And that kind of segues itself into a question that I was going to ask you about Romeo. What was that like those, and I don't want to just limit it to four years because obviously you knew that he was coming. Uh, What was that like coaching Romeo and and dealing with everything that went into being a part of all that, that uh, coaching Romeo? Well,
0: just looking back on it, uh, you know, it, it, it obviously was a lot of work in terms of uh, how much media attention we had and mm-hmm. really just how many phone calls we got and how much time I spent away from the X's and O's, so to speak. And I yeah. had great assistance. Mm-hmm. One went from the assistant coaches. I don't think we had near the success we had mm-hmm. because it was a new experience for me. I mean, just trying to – it's one thing to handle an Indiana All-Star, a Mr. Basketball, a Division One player, but to handle somebody where the – were the uh, the attention from not only the fans, you know, locally, but it really became statewide and then even a little bit regional. Mm-hmm. And it became ESPN-type stuff, and we're playing on TV, and we're playing La Lamere Mir, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm getting Division I coach in here all the time. Again, wonderful experience, wouldn't trade it for anything. I remember after things kind of settled down and the dust cleared, people were like, well... I know you wish you still had him and all that, but, you know, you're kind of glad things will get back to normal. And I kind of thought, well, you know what? Yeah, I, it will be just, you know, different. But I, just going back to coaching basketball, a lot of, I think that will be kind of a welcome. And then uh, we had been 110 his four years. Oh, my. And, and we lost eight the year after he left, and I wanted him back real fast. <laughs> I was going to say, I,
1: I, was it the first night of practice that uh, that you wanted him back? I mean, we had Hagen Nepp here uh, for four years, and, and Hagen obviously wasn't on the level anywhere close to Romeo, but he was a heck of a high school player, and he's going to have a really good college career. Uh, but we were in our workouts last week, and and uh, I had Coach Scott ask me, he said, do you miss Hagen yet? And I said, every day. <laughs> so.
0: And I'll tell you, with Rose, the, the thing that that really probably weighed on me more than anything is I, I always worried about him, and I shouldn't have, but I was always concerned about him getting hurt. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, because I knew, I knew that, you know, he was a, uh, you know, one of those kind of athletes who just does not come along very often.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, I didn't want to, I wanted to push him, but I didn't want to push him too hard, you know, we certainly weren't doing dive on the floor and take charge drills with him, I can tell you that. Because <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, did, I just didn't want to do anything where people come back and say, now, how did he get hurt? Oh, you had him diving on balls and, mm-hmm. or you had him taking charge. Well, that seems real bright, you know. So, I did, again, he played hard. He took more charges than anybody on our team. But we, I never had him practice doing that. he was on his own. Because yeah. I just thought, man, I'm, I'm just not going to. It's just different, you know. When mm-hmm. you go for loose balls – you can really separate your shoulder if you're not careful, just reaching out like that, somebody landing on you. So I, I was, and he got hurt twice here. He, mm. uh, he one time he dislocated his pinky finger and, and the, the bone protruded through the skin. Oh my. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought I was going to, you know, I, right there, I thought I was going to bomb it. So, you know, it, it, it tell you the truth that the drill he got hurt on was the old keep away drill that coach knight or at least that's where we got it mm-hmm. in the 70s where you just have a guy in the middle and two guys pass him back and forth and oh yeah to teach, teach kids you know to fake low pass high or fake high and pass low and, mm-hmm. and all that and and that's all we were doing and and roe deflected a ball and when he deflected it the ball went straight down and it came straight back up real quick and his pinky was Pointing to the ground and it hit that pinky, oh. and that's that's it. That's what caused his mm-hmm. bone to come completely out. He was only out, I think, ten days. I think he missed two games, but uh, we were lucky to get him back. And then he got hurt another year where he jammed his finger, and and uh, it wasn't as bad as that, but it still was one of those where his knuckle was up pretty high away from, so he had to get that set. And so you know, I was just always trying to figure out ways to work them hard, but I. It was weird how every day I thought, man, I, I don't do anything that's going to get this kid hurt.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's,
0: it's funny how you put that kind of pressure on yourself. But I'd never had players of his caliber that was going to be making, you know, literally uh, millions and millions of dollars at some point. And so, uh, yeah, I take him back in a heartbeat. I, but I, I love the kids we have. Uh, the kids we've had ever since he's been gone have worked very hard. Uh, I think we got the best out of them that we can. Mm-hmm. so that's no knock on them. But boy, when you get a a thoroughbred son, you, know, you get that guy who's just a spectacular player, not only on the court but off the court. He was a tremendous, tremendous human being and a great ambassador for the sport and for our school and for our community. Mm-hmm. That, we named the floor after him out here, so yeah, and you know he's just he's just a, a young man. Um, I think he just had his twenty second birthday. October 25th, so he's
1: not very old to, to have something like that. Oh, yeah, and I, I think the thing that I appreciated about him the most um, was how coachable he was, you know, just from afar, how coachable he was, and then just how he carried himself so well with all the pressure that was on him. Chucking it from the cheap seats is brought to you by ShootAway, offering products like 12K series guns, proven time and again by the nation's top schools and college coaches programs. For special pricing and discounts, contact Bruce Help at 317-767-5543 or go to shootaway.com.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, Doug. You know, I, I had never seen anything like it since probably – and I, again, I'm not saying there haven't been great players. There have been. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not debating where he is on the list of great players. Who's first? Who's third? Who's in mm-hmm. the top ten? Yeah, that's that's for other people. But <clears throat> what I'm saying is, in terms of the circus type atmosphere we had with with you know with all of the uh, adulation that was thrown upon him, with all the people that wanted to get to him and sign an autograph after every home and away game, mm-hmm. we literally would be. Signing autographs for half hour, 45 minutes, sometimes an hour here at home, and on the road we go virtually a half hour to 40 minutes, and so that was a lot. And he never once, uh, you know, did not stay and do that for kids. Uh, any any request we had, uh, whether it go read books to kids, or just visit, or go to a nursing home, or uh, go visit a child in the hospital. I even had a, a request: could, could he come down to the funeral home because a little five-year-old boy had lost his mother um, to cancer, and I had a request from somebody that boy. It would be nice if Romeo could stop by the funeral home at the not for the funeral, but but for the visitation. And I'm telling you, I called his dad, and, and he took it. They went. So mm-hmm. just in just in terms of all the stuff that that went with it is what I'm saying. I'm yeah. not, you know, again saying other people don't have great players, but I guarantee you. About the only other person you could talk to probably that would have any idea of what we went through here with that would be uh, Coach Bush and Damon Bailey. Mm -hmm. I I think they had had a lot of that. But I'm not sure there have been very many people that have had the kind of stuff that uh, Damon or Romeo
1: either one Mm -hmm. had. No, that's incredible. You just talk about what what type of human being that young man was and and obviously the leadership from – his dad, because, you know, he, he, had a gift and, and, uh, you know, obviously a lot of people had a lot of requests for him. So to hear that he did things like that, even in high school was really cool to hear yeah. coach. Uh, I was, I was able to see you guys play and I was able to see Romeo play a few times throughout his career, but my favorite game that I ever got to watch was when I was coaching at Wood Memorial, I had reached out to you. We were going to play in the coaches challenge game Uh, for the small schools represent Indiana small schools uh, down at Lexington. And we were going to take off after school, and so I start looking around for places that we can maybe get some shots up on a Friday, going to have a real light practice because we played on Saturday. And, you know, obviously I knew I could reach out to you, and I look on the schedule, and I see that you guys are playing Jeffersonville. And uh, you had me get a hold of Mr. Unra, get some tickets, uh, and Don was – extremely hospitable and allowed us to get in there uh, to your auxiliary gym and we had to get in and get out quick and we were able to do that and the reason we had to get out quick was because your cheering section was coming in to, to practice which I thought was phenomenal <laughs> but then we, we go to the game and our kids I don't know that I've ever been to a rivalry game I've been a part of the Vincennes Jasper rivalry obviously now I'm part of the Barreve Ligoti rivalry and those games are intense. Um, but obviously I'm a part of them as a coach. I don't know that I've ever been to a rivalry game I appreciated more than that Jeffersonville-New Albany game that night at the Doghouse. Um, What's it like coaching there at the Doghouse and being the head coach at New Albany?
0: Well, it's just been a a tremendous honor to be able to to be at a place like this, and certainly the Jeffersonville-New Albany rivalry is You know, arguably one of the best ones in the state.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, You know, I think a great rivalry, obviously, you got to have both schools have to have great tradition. Both schools got to be kind of close in proximity. Mm -hmm. And and then both, to me, both schools have to be kind of – you know what I'm saying, the win-loss record's got to be pretty close in terms of how many times we beat them and how many times they beat you. I think it's what makes Carolina and Duke so special. Yeah. Out of the zillions of times they've played, there's like a couple <laughs> of games separate. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. That's a rivalry. Oh now, yeah. somebody's beaten somebody 102 times and the other team's only won four, there's no rivalry there. Yeah, yeah. But ours with Jeff has been so doggone close, so 50-50, that it's been an incredible rivalry. And, and the place is always packed, whether it's here or there and uh I, it's hard for me to believe that I'll be going into my tw- preparing for my 25th time this year and that's not counting sectional but 25th time to prepare for that game because I on the day of it every single year I go why are you doing this <laughs> I, <can't, laughs> yeah. I mean it's such a it's it, it's unbelievable how nervous you are and uh <laughs> How much you start talking to yourself, like, really, dude, you, wouldn't you rather just watch a movie tonight? Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, hang out with the wife. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, what, what's crazy in those rivalry games is, like you said, you know, they're great because, you know, as a competitor, you love those types of games where everybody's interested in them. But it's like, man, at 1030 tonight, I'm going to be glad it's over. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, and yeah. for me, uh, my wife is from Lagoti. And my brother-in-law okay. is the JV coach, and my nephew is a starting point guard this year as a junior over there. So it adds a lot of different elements, and it makes a lot of, uh, and, and we have a lot of fun with it. Uh, but it oh, makes I you. it makes our family dinners uh, very yeah. very interesting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, the, the funny thing about that that whole Jeffersonville thing is, once the ball goes up, I'm good. Yeah. I'm glad I'm in it. Yeah, there's nothing like it. Uh, and when you, when it's over with, if you win, is the elation is unbelievable, oh, just yeah. like it is, you know, on a sectional championship game or, or, or regional or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what keeps you coming back. I've met many a guy who, who says, I'm ready to throw my golf clubs in the pond and, and be done with it. Who, you know, Birdie's 18. He's like, <laughs> well, I think I'll be back tomorrow. I'm, you know, I'm the same kind of thing. I think I think I'll come back one more time, but yeah. uh, it's certainly it's certainly a lot of fun, and, and I I know once I give it up, missing that missing that uh, competition I think is going to be tough because I that's all I've known for I mean I played and then I coach, so I kind of not kind of like going to school I never have quit going because you go from the time you're a kindergartner until till you graduate and then you go to college and then you teach so yeah. you really never never leave school so it's uh, the same way with me in terms of being in, in competition i think that's why i did it i just i just really love it like most coaches do and but uh it, it's it's and, and we loved having having you guys that night uh, i thought it was a cool thing you coming in and don Unruh wouldn't tell wouldn't say no to anybody he's a, he's a gentleman and a, a fine man and uh, we sure have missed him uh, he was here for a long time mm-hmm. and, uh, still, still get an opportunity to see him, but yeah. just a class act. And uh, I'm glad that he was able to do that for you. Hey, I got, I got a quick note for you. I, uh, I had never been, believe it or not, I had never been to lagodi uh, basketball game. Yeah. And this past season I went, mm-hmm. um, I, I can't, I think I went to see you. Yeah. Cause I still scout. I know a lot of the younger guys just watch tape on, yeah. on, uh, uh, you know on the huddle and that's great we do that too but if I got a chance to go and see people in person I still uh-huh. I still think that's important so anyway <clears throat> we drive down to Ligoti again never been there even though it's it got one of the most storied programs in the state so uh-huh. I finally go to Ligoti and uh, they're playing uh, uh Bedford North Lawrence that's what it was. yeah but anyway me and my me and my sister are leaving and this guy stops us uh-huh. I got my new Albany stuff on he said uh what would you think? And I said, well, wow, that's a great game. We we're going to sit over here and watch the overtime, you know, standing up. Uh-huh. He said, uh, hey, if you think this is great – and I remember, I got my New Albany stuff on. Yeah. And he said, if you think this is great, you ain't never seen basketball or a basketball tournament till you come to our section. Yeah. <laughs> we just got a big kick out of it because he didn't care – He probably didn't even look at my shirt. But if he did, it didn't mean anything to him. Yeah. Because there, that's all matters. And I'm sure it's the same way at
1: It 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 is. And that's why I tell people that's special about Ligoti. And obviously, I was there uh, for four years with with Coach Brett. And I think the world of Coach Brett and the opportunity he gave me to go there. And and then, obviously, Coach Wagner, uh, I was, you know, an assistant for him with the JV. And you're right. That's what makes – you know, Bar Reeve and Lagodi and North Davies special is because that's what matters. And, uh, you know, like you said, that, that old guy that told you that he didn't care that your sectional is the gauntlet of all gauntlets. <laughs> uh, no,
0: he didn't. He looked at me like, I'm like, do you know who I am? Hey, No, I don't. Yeah. B, I don't. he's thinking I don't care. Yeah, And if I'd have said Romeo, he probably would have
1: said who? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, he, Basketball I got does, I got, <laughs> does not exist outside of Davis and Martin County. But uh, <laughs> no, and, and you're right, though. That's what makes it special. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, what you guys have there is is tremendously special there. I got to ask you a couple questions about coaching because I get hit up by assistants all the time. You know, you've already talked about, uh, your your first job and going three and 18 uh, there at North yeah. Decatur. But, you know, mm-hmm. you look back at your coaching career and you win a sectional there at Lebanon, go 20 and four, you leave Lebanon and you go to New Albany and you take over this program and you win seven games. How tough was right. that? How tough was that for you?
0: Well, there's two things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Number one, if a job's open, mm-hmm. it's probably open for a reason. So <laughs> I ain't every, into that. <laughs> every every first year I've ever had's really not been one of those that you're going to write the book. I mean, that's going to leave that chapter out. Absolutely. Every single first year has been difficult for me on, on all my stops. Yeah, so, and I yeah. guess I've had four. Yeah. every one of them was hard. And without thinking too hard on it, I'm almost sure every one of them was a losing season.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Lebanon might, it might be iffy, I can't remember, but it, mm-hmm. but it was if we did have a winning season, it, was, it wasn't by much, a couple of games. So now, anyway,
1: we, we talked about jobs are open for a reason. Yeah, I, I, we <laughs> talked about Hoover earlier, and um, I, I think I would give that advice to assistants. I'm like, listen, you know, you got to realize your first couple years are going to be tougher than heck, and you got to make sure you're in some place that's supportive, but I'll never forget, I was getting ready to make a jump, and and uh, I called Coach Hoover and I said, what do you think? And he said, well, he goes, I don't think that's a bad move. But he goes, they're probably not going to be worth a darn. He said, because I know the guy that was the coach there and he wouldn't be getting out of coaching if they were going to be any good. So, <laughs> there's there's a lot of truth to what you said. Um,
0: yeah, there is. It's not always. No, 900%. no. I mean, there are, you know, there are certain times when guys uh, for health reasons get out Yeah, good kids coming back or they go to a, another job and mm-hmm. didn't leave the cupboard bare but by yeah. and large I, you have to let your assistants know that yeah it's it's going to take some time and, and then the second thing is you're always going to have to deal with well if we're not going to be very good how long do I go with these seniors I mean did they
2: Amen you know you, yeah. you want
0: to let them you, you want to let them play you want it, to it's going to be tough for them too mm-hmm. but you know I always have told kids look I, I'm going to play the best kids this you know we're not running the a uh, boys' club, or you know, any YMCA. We're we're not out here trying mm-hmm. to make everybody happy. We're we're trying to win. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you a chance. We're going to be fair. We're going to be consistent. But by golly, we got to try to win. And if uh, you look up and you're you know you're seven and eleven,
2: mm-hmm. and it
0: doesn't look like it's going to get any better, then you best go seven and eleven. with kids that are going to come back because if you're going to go seven and eleven and, and continue to lose and not get them in experience, you might find yourself one another you know, another losing season the next year. So that's another thing that you have to mm-hmm. that you have to combat. And then, you know, I, I think that uh, anytime that you are looking to, to take over or, or go get a new job, you also have to understand that, uh, you know, back in the day, people would try to climb the ladder and you would try to get to a big school. Well, I'm yeah. not saying everybody, but a lot of people. But yeah. class basketball, I think that's changed the whole atmosphere and the whole landscape and i think that's great because mm-hmm. i i can even see myself uh, at some point coaching somewhere uh, at a 1a or a 2a school mm-hmm. I, I i can see it happening i may you know get to the point where i'm too old to do that but if i ever retire and, and sit out a couple years i could i could see myself maybe wanting to try that cuz not saying it's easy cuz i know it's not it's got its own set of issues and and uh, you got rabid fans and people want to win it's 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 like that i think in some ways, coaching at a smaller school is a lot more difficult than coaching at a big school. I really believe that, and so I, I could I could see myself doing something like that. So I don't see guys moving around much anymore. I don't. Uh, back in the day, man, we would just zigzag all over the state for a better job. But mm-hmm. I'm seeing people sit sit stay at home
1: no i agree with you coach because that, that was one of the things that uh, i i talked with kevin roy who was a longtime coach at wrv coach the graves brothers there uh w- took that job after dave clark left and uh kevin left indiana for a while went to texas and he came back and he actually teaches in our building now he teaches science and he's one of those guys i love having around practice um because he's not on my staff but he comes to practice a lot Um, I talk basketball with him and pick his mind and he gives me different suggestions. And he's just one of those great people to have around, but he and I talk a lot. And and we talked about that last year about how there were a lot of what you would think 20 years ago, 25 years ago before class basketball were these phenomenal jobs. And then now all of a sudden it's like, you know what? They're struggling to find guys applying for those jobs Um, just because there's you know, the mind shift I think has really changed.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. And again, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing at all. I think it's, it's whatever you want to make of it, really. I, I read a book a long time ago. Uh, I think the guy's name was Frosty something. It's it, it like uh, make the big time where you are or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's a great book because I, it, it really summed up. Everywhere you go should be the best job in the world. If this is the job I have, then by golly, I ought to be thankful to God that I've got this job, job, that it's a blessing, and I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. I've always tried to be that Mm -hmm. way at every school I've ever been at, knowing full well that if I got an opportunity to move on, uh, I was probably going to do that. This is the first time that I really felt like this would be it for me, Mm -hmm. You know, being here because I've stayed so long. Yeah, twenty
1: five years is very difficult. That's really, that really hard. Yeah, it's really hard. I don't people that are not basketball coaches don't realize how hard that is. But you know, you you talked about that quote, and I'm sure that Coach K stole that somewhere. And I don't want to say stole it, but he borrowed that quote at some point in time because I read it from Coach K. And I know when I went to Wood Memorial, I was just thankful for the opportunity to get back into coaching after getting let go there at Springs Valley. And I just told myself that every day, make where I'm at the big time, because traditionally, you know, Wood Memorial had not had a strong basketball program, but I thought, you know what, if I go in every day, no matter what we're doing, whether it's practice workouts in the weight room, uh, you know, the way I handle myself with kids and, you know, just everything we do, if I make that to big time, then I think that's going to catch on with our guys and they're going to think it's special. And, you know, we were very fortunate where we had a turnover uh, with our talent. We had some really talented groups come through there uh, when I was there, and, and that's really what led us to winning a lot of games and advancing in the tournament. But I, I think there was something to making it the big time, and that's a that's a piece of advice I give to all a lot of assistant coaches that reach out to me.
0: Well, you know, go again, that's nothing to be ashamed of. I was talking to a Division One coach one time, he said, Hey, how's your buddy so and so doing? I said, nah, He's doing all right. You know, they let him go at such and such. He was like, I hate to hear that. He looked straight at me. He said, There ain't no shame in that. Yeah. And uh, none of us, you know, nobody wants to. I've never had that happen to me. I'm not saying that's been close. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying they weren't rounded. I just usually, if I know something like that's going on, I just try to act like I'm leading the parade to get out of town. But, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? If, yeah. if I know I'm going, I'm going to lead the parade. I'm oh, yeah. Let them get me. Yeah. Uh, so. But I, I, you know, always remember him looking at me and saying, no shame in that. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know what, dude, you are a really, really good coach. He's had a lot of success and a really good person. And that made me feel better for my friend, you know, mm-hmm. that, that was going through a tough time. And, and, you know, good things happen to good people. Yeah. Not always, so yeah. I know that. But you've rebounded quite nicely and, uh, been able to have a lot of success. And obviously, you, you, you know, you knew how to coach, but, uh, Got to be in the right place at the right time, and got to have players. And if Uh, if you got that, you got a chance. And it's harder in small schools because it's so trendy. It's so up and down.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I think for places like where you're. Yeah, I I think like they're ever
1: down. (laughs) Well, (laughs) we we are blessed to have a factory here, and uh, yeah. But you know, we're surrounded by schools that have factories too. So you know, it it is what it is. And like you said, they're they're are really hard things about coaching at small schools and really hard things about coaching it at big schools, like where you're at, at new Albany. Um, one thing I do want to ask you coach uh, about being at a bigger school, what's it like running your feeder program there? Because I know what it's like running a feeder program at a small school. I was at Vincennes for a couple of years. Um, what's it like there at new Albany?
0: Well, we, what we try to do is, you know, we have our camp. But, but to me, camp's not going to make a – you know, it's not going to make your program. Mm-hmm. It's only a week.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we have a, a youth, uh, you know, league that we run on uh, Sundays. But we'll meet nine times. I think we we'll practice three or four times and play on five Sundays. And it's a blast. And I think kids get better in that. But, again, that's, that's not going to be your bread and butter on, on how good your kids are going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, your feeder system, it, you know, you've got to have your coaches down there working on stuff and having the kids get better. It's more difficult in a bigger school because mm-hmm. one, you're, you're, you know, in a small school, I think everything's right there on campus for the most part. Yeah. If you're not very far away from your middle school. It's probably right there.
2: Mm-hmm. But even
0: if it's, you know, it's going to be pretty close and your elementaries aren't going to be too far away mm-hmm. and you just kind of have a system where everybody's on the same page In a bigger school, it, it, it seems, turnover Mm -hmm. and I I don't know that you have that in small schools but I would think that I'll bet you got a couple guys coaching probably have coached for a long time we we have that here somewhat Mm -hmm. but we do have a lot of turnover Mm -hmm. in in our middle schools and our elementary they really don't even have anything anymore we our parks department runs that and so you know the elementary schools don't really play each other like they used to it's a it's a Saturday league run by the parks department
1: yeah, you know, that's the thing that I tell people. I, I almost think from talking to coaches that coach at big schools is the bigger the school, the less control you have over the feeder program just because of the the dynamics of the situation. Mm-hmm. Not because guys don't want to be involved. It's just the dynamics of everything that go into it. Like you said here at Bar Eve, you know, we've got a little over 1,000 kids in the entire corporation, kindergarten through 12th grade, all – three of our gyms are right here on campus and everything's connected. So it, it makes running a feeder program a lot simpler here than what it does at a big school like Jeff or new Albany. Well, and we, and we've
0: always the kind of things. I think a lot of coaches, you know, mm-hmm. deal with, and you know, I, I don't mind teams playing some zone. I don't mind teams, you know, a feeder teams playing some zone or, even playing some junk, they want to box and win in the tournament. I, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I just don't like to go to games where the entire game, they're sitting in a 2 3 zone when in high school, you know, that's not what we're going to be doing. So I always try to encourage them to, hey, I don't care if you throw a 1 3 1 trap in, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to win. Yep. But, you know, these kids gotta learn to play some man to man defense and understand the principles of what that's like. Yeah. Because by the time we get them, if they've never been in a shell defense, we got problems.
1: Well I'll and, tell you uh, I'll tell you something you about know, your, your feeder system kids. Your kids in sixth grade right now really impress our athletic director. <laughs> our AD. Well they're good. our, our A D has a son in sixth grade, and our sixth graders are pretty good. And they went to the Jammin and Jasper tournament last year and played your sixth graders and he goes coach, he said. All year long, we never faced anybody that played any kind of zone other than a 2-3, and they were packing it in. He said, we get out there, and he said, New Albany's got some real long, lanky kid out there on the top of a 1-3-1 zone. And he said, they cover the baseline like no other. He said, we had no hope.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we've got a very talented group. I think you're talking about uh, current seventh. Is that right or
1: not? Uh, This would be your current sixth grade, I think. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, well, they're both loaded. Yeah. But uh, we got a really phenomenal prospect, uh, current seventh, and then another young man right behind him who's really, really good. So mm-hmm. uh, th- those kids, uh, those two classes are loaded. And really, our current eighth grade is pretty daggone good. We got a couple twin towers in that group. So we, I think that, uh, you know, all and these best days are ahead of yeah. us. Uh, I think we got some really good kids coming. Uh, we got some good kids currently, but we just don't have that kind of size. You know, yeah, yeah. The, the seventh grader I'm talking about, six three already. You yeah, know? and he's probably going to be six six, and he's going to be out playing the point or the shooting guard. So, well, it's just a that's just one of those things you don't see very often.
1: Yeah. So what you're telling me is you think you got at least seven more good years in you? <laughs>
0: well. What I'm telling you is that New Albany has, I don't know if I do, but New Albany has, and I'll be the biggest cheerleader if I'm not coaching because I'm working these kids out.
1: So
0: I'm working these kids out like I'm going to be here, but I don't know that that's going to be the case. Like I told you a minute ago, you know, it, it, I may not be here, but I'm going to act like I am. And yeah. I'm going to get them ready because yeah. I love those kids, and I, I think they got a chance to be
1: special. Yeah, that that is awesome that you're spending that much time and investing that much into your junior high kids. and uh, just incredible. And that speaks to your longevity there at New Albany and then what you've been able to do over your career. So, Coach, we're kind of winding down on time, and we go okay. through what we call a little bit of, of a speed round, I, I guess you might say. And so – um you know, feel free to expand on these answers, but we we do move pretty quick. So You talked a little bit about the game of golf. Uh, what are some hobbies that, that Coach Jimmy Shannon enjoys to kind of get your ma- mind off the game for a little bit?
0: Well, I love to read. Mm-hmm. I'm an avid reader, and not because I'm real smart or anything like that. Like, I wish I could read a book in two or three days like I've got some friends that do that. I'm like, how'd you get through that book so quick? I mean, mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't come easy for me, but I do love to read. And I always pick up something. I don't care if it's a basketball book. Uh, I don't care if it's a biblical book about faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's a novel, I love murder mysteries. I mean, I just love to read. So you probably find me with a book in my hand most of the time.
1: Okay. That's awesome. If
0: I got free time that- and I love, you know, I love the stuff that we do at church. I'm pretty involved and active mm-hmm. in going to church and, in men's groups of some sort um, and an older group uh, where we get together, I believe about once every two or three months. And
2: then mm-hmm.
0: and another one called setting the table. And, you know, it's not like I'm busy with that every single day, but I do try to be active. I think once I retire that I'll be even more active in my church. Yeah. That's the, the way I'm leaning in, in terms of what will I do mm-hmm. uh, when I'm not teaching and coaching anymore. But yeah, uh, that, that's, that's really, I don't do, I love to go to movies with my wife. We'll do that. I uh, don't play golf, I think I'd like to, but I just never have had the time or taken the time. Mm-hmm. So that's probably about all I do be okay. honest with you. And if my grandkids live closer, I'm sure I'd be with them all the time. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's awesome. That's awesome to hear you talking about investing in your faith that way. Um, talking about your wife. If I was going to bring my wife to New Albany, Indiana and we were going to go out, actually this Saturday I'm celebrating my wedding anniversary and we're going out to eat. Now we're going to, we're not going to drive all the way to New Albany. But if I were to go in New, Alba- in New Albany, where where would I need to to go eat at?
0: Um yeah, our downtown is unbelievable now. You know, from when we first moved here 24 years ago. I can't believe how progressive it is and how beautiful it is and all the uh, homes and lofts and things like that apartments that they built down there. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: also, uh, places, restaurants, little shops, farmer's market. I mean, it's just beautiful down there. The mayor has done a wonderful job. Uh So, um, I, I would, you know, there's, there's a lot of good places. I'm trying to think of the one that, uh, there's Brooklyn and the butcher. That's really good. There's Uh one called the, the exchange. Yeah. That's excellent. Uh, and then there's an, a, a place called Agave, I think. Agave and Rye, A G A B E, Agave and Rye.
2: Mm-hmm. If
0: you want a, a, a big, you know, big taco the size yeah. of both your hands, uh, yeah, that's that's a good place. So, I, that's three of them. I probably left somebody out, but uh, so what you're there's saying of places here.
1: So what you're saying is, if I go to downtown New Albany, I can't go wrong. My wife's going to be happy yeah, somewhere.
0: No. <laughs> guaranteed, guaranteed, and you're only only about seven minutes from being over the bridge in Louisville, too. Yeah. So there's a lot of good places over yeah. there.
1: <laughs> well, hey, if we're coming to New Albany. Hey,
0: stay away from Jeffersonville, though. Hey, Jeffersonville, there. <laughs> hey, there's nothing over there to eat. Nothing over there you know, to eat. Um, you know, I'm kidding. There's coach, a lot of great restaurants in here.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Coach, if you were going to go to a college practice, which college coach are you going to his practice?
0: Oh, boy. That's tough. That's really tough. I've been to so many. hmm um, I'm. I'm try- if I had an opportunity to go now, where would I want to go? Because it seems like all the guys that that were my, you know, the guys that I really looked up to aren't aren't coaching anymore. You know, I yeah. love to go to Roy Williams practices, uh, Coach K's practices. I loved Coach Green practices when he was here. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach Painter at Purdue loved to go to his practices. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I'm always going to leave somebody out, but. You know, I I guess I'm kind of getting to that age. You know, I'm going to be 63 years old in March. Uh-huh. And you know, the guys I look look up to are, you know, in their 80s. Yeah. And I, it's not that I don't look up to guys younger than me, but I, it's just not the same for me anymore mm-hmm. but, uh, there's great coaches out there now. Great coaches, yeah. but uh, you know, it's just difficult for me to to have those uh those, you know, that to kind of be in awe of somebody. Uh I'm in awe of guys that are probably, you know, out of it or pretty close to being out of it. But my golly, if you'd asked me that question when I was in my 30s and 40s, I could have just named them and named yeah. them. And named them. When we went through that show with Romeo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was all giddy about going to all those places. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Romeo just kind of took it in stride, but I was, you can't imagine how <laughs> giddy I was. Yeah. I mean, my goodness gracious. I'm going up the elevator to see Coach K and sit yeah. in his office. I couldn't hardly my, my knees were getting weak. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I can only imagine. Well, you were probably like Gadbury at a Kenny Chesney concert. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hell, that's really good.
1: <laughs> uh, that's
0: really good,
1: Coach. If you, it, you know, if and when you retire at some point, and I said, Coach, you can have tickets to go see any venue, any venue in sports. Where would you want to go that you haven't been?
0: Any venue, any sport, Mm -hmm. any level. Any level. Any level. Well, I love SEC football, so I would probably say I'd I'd love to go to like an A&M or an Alabama, Mm -hmm. someplace like that, because I I would love that. And then I'll tell you another thing. I would love to sit in the front row at Andrea Bocelli's concert. You don't even know who that is, but Andrea Bocelli. B-O-C-E-L-L-I. Is that an opera? Uh, yeah, he's a tenor. Okay. And his his story is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Google lamb. He's been blind, I think, since about the age of 13. It was a one of those deals where I think it was it, – it, there might have been some uh, damage that he mm-hmm. had, but also think he got hit with a ball okay. in head. Okay. And I think that had a lot to do with it. But anyway, I've seen him once. Uh-huh. He's going to be in Indianapolis in September or okay. October, October. But his tickets are – ridiculous yeah I mean if you just want to get into place and watch but you're way up there you're still two three hundred dollars out so mm-hmm. they're incredibly uh, high but if I had to say I love the guy uh, yeah and front row I could sit in the front row front uh, row yeah uh, but I'd go see him in a heartbeat and then like I said SEC football in a heartbeat and then lastly the Duke Carolina game yeah I'd love to go to that I've never been to that can't afford it but my, my son loves Duke Looked uh-huh. hooked up tickets. About eight
1: grand. Oh, my. Oh, my. And probably more expensive at Cameron. But, uh, no, that would be a great one to catch. Um, your least favorite part of coaching. And I can tell you, I'm going through my least favorite part of coaching right now. It's ordering equipment at the beginning of the year. But what's, what's yours, oh, Coach? You.
0: My least favorite part of it. Uh, I would say paperwork. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess that kind of goes along with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's probably my least favorite, uh-huh. and second second least favorite would be you know handling discipline issues. Oh yeah, yeah. Never, oh, those are never, never fun. any fun.
1: Never any fun.
0: Yeah, and it's not like it's daily, but I have my fair share of it. Yeah, that, that can wear on you a little bit. Well, you just know, on, just
1: just it. real quick, like on the discipline side of things, like that's the one thing I love about coaching is if I got an issue with a player, I can call Todd Wolfley at Terre Haute North. I can call you know, a, a, a multitude of guys to get advice on, hey, if you had this before, how'd you handle it? And that doesn't mean you're going to handle it exactly that same way because every situation is different, but that's what I love about coaching. And I don't think people on the outside of coaching understand how close the fraternity is, especially in that respect.
0: No I I totally agree with you um it's just it's amazing how um coaches kind of get each other because mm-hmm. we're in coaching I, you know there's that that old thing you will watch uh, some movie or some show and it'll be like some doctor on there and what what do they say they're like uh, well doctor so and so said this and he'll say well I'm not going to go against what doctor so and so said <laughs> yeah. it's the same kind of thing you know like they're not going to throw each other under the bus and Absolutely I don't think not. coaches do that either not one thing I have always tried to be is not only loyal to my assistant coaches and mm-hmm. not only loyal, you know, to the people I work for, but I've always tried to be loyal to the opposition, and I always try to stick up for coaches. But it doesn't mean we're not trying to beat them or anything like that. It doesn't mean I've had a, a problem with somebody. You can't coach 40 years and look back on it and say, oh, I've had an issue with any coach. I'm I'm a great guy. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not. I mean, I've had issues. Mm-hmm. But I don't anymore. I, I yeah. You know, I grew up, and I don't stare down at their bench or you know Mm -hmm. we don't we don't I just don't do that stuff but I think that there is a guy I wouldn't reach out and try to help Uh, or anybody came to me and said hey I I got a situation I've sat down with guys that that, uh, have had problems with drinking I've sat down with guys that have problems in other areas Mm -hmm. and we've 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 shared stuff and, and tried to work through it there isn't anybody I wouldn't sit down and try to help if they asked me and I I really mean that. I mm-hmm. love coaching. I know what coaches go through. I know how much time they put in it. Let me tell you something. My wife sold a house the other day. Uh-huh. She's a real estate agent. I'm yeah. not going to tell you exactly what she made, but I'm going to tell you that, that it was real close to my salary for the year. Oh,
2: my. <laughs> now, think
0: about that, man. Yeah. Yeah, think about cool. all the hours you put in Oh yeah. coaching. Yeah, pre-planning. It just, it,
1: what that means, coach, is that our wives are smarter than us; that they make more money than <laughs> we
0: do. <laughs> but When she told me that, I looked at her and I was like, "You know what? I know we don't do it for the money, but when you think about the hours—oh yeah, the hours that you spend—and again, between the lines for two and a half hour practice—that's that's, that's I do that. Oh yeah, six days a week and twice on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Unless you have these shoes on, and you got them on. Yeah, You just don't know. And yeah. there's so much more, so much more to it that the hours are astronomical. When she told me that, I about, I about came out of my seat. I said, well, good for you and good for us.
1: <laughs> good for I you, think, good for us. I, I think, think right.
0: I might have been in the wrong profession for yeah. the last 40 years.
1: <laughs> well, Coach, this is the last question, and I don't want to get you in trouble with your wife, especially, especially because she just made you guys so much money. But what is your least favorite chore that she asks you to do around the house? toilets. <laughs> I always tell people <laughs> that, that
0: didn't take long. Yeah.
1: I always tell people that uh that, that I I my wife she loves when I help out around the house and do things she doesn't ask me to do. So my least favorite thing that she, that I do that she doesn't ask me to do is if there's a big pile of dishes I jump in there and do them and I don't like doing dishes. But I'm going to have to agree with you coach. She cleans those 95% of the time, but if there's ever a time she asked me to do it, I loathe it. But uh that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, I'm glad I'm you one said, of those, I'm, I'm gl- one of
0: those guys that tries to you know say, well, "I'm going to do this every Thursday. I'm going to do this every Saturday." I can go good for about 3 or 4 weeks, and then I have to get reminded. <laughs> and then pretty soon I'm not I'm back to not doing it at all. So yeah. she's an absolute angel when yeah. it comes to to things like that yeah. and and I'm not really not very good at it. Yeah. I Had knee surgery in June, so uh-huh. I haven't even been able to mow the yard since June 23rd. Cause oh I really honestly can't, but I, 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 I'm, I'm sure by next spring, she's mm-hmm. going to be saying now this thing with your knee, is that going to last like a year or 10 years? <laughs>
1: How long are you going to milk that Jimmy? <laughs> That's good. As long as I can. <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, coach, uh, you've given us way more than enough here on this podcast. Great stuff. I appreciate you being on here for me, for the kids and the class. And, um, I'm sure a lot of people are going to love this one. I get a lot of comments from assistant coaches, head coaches, uh, but this one's going to be a good one. Thanks a lot, and best of luck to you and the Bulldogs this season.
0: Well, Coach, I really appreciate you giving me the time, and it was wonderful to speak with you. And I just want to say that, uh, you know, I I notice a lot of things, and uh, I notice that you are involved in a lot of different organizations. You're involved in – Basketball associations, you're involved in clinics, you're involved in in your faith, and and you just do a great job being an ambassador for basketball in this entire state. You've got a lot more years to go, and uh, you should be proud of yourself. And I know the people there uh, are very proud of you. So keep up the good work.
1: Well, thank you very much for those comments, Coach. I appreciate it. And like you said, we we do it for the kids. We don't do it for the money. Um, But man, I'm gonna have to look into getting into real estate.
0: <laughs> Do that, coach. Do all, that. Right. all right. If so talk, I, talk, to Aaron, talk to Aaron Garrett. There
1: you go. That's exactly right. He's done really well for himself in that. So, all right, coach, thanks again. I appreciate you so much and, and best of luck to you guys. Okay. Appreciate you.
0: Thank you.
1: Well, we can't thank Coach Shannon enough for spending some time with us here on the Chucking It from the Cheap Seats podcast. We appreciate, Coach. We wish best of luck to the Bulldogs. And join us next week as we talk to one heck of a basketball coach, a great entrepreneur, and one model American. Aaron Garrett, the head coach of Batesville, joins us next week on the Checking It from the Cheat Seeps podcast. And until then, keep checking it. Chugging it from the cheap seats is also brought to you by
2: BSN Sports and Jeff Neal, their sales rep. Shop BSN Sports for a large selection of sports apparel and footwear, custom and stock Nike team uniforms, and sports equipment for your next winning season. Contact Jeff Neal at 812-204-3808 or visit bsnsports.com.